This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day, and welcome to Keep It Simple, the weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truth Radio Network, featuring Pastor Xavier Reese in the ministry, Calvary Chapel in Pasadena, California. Pastor Xavier, glad to be here with you today, sir. Thank you, Tony. We're looking forward to just another uh, hour of looking at God's Word. Amen. Also with us in the studio today, production engineer Jonathan Duran. Good day, everyone. Welcome to episode 112. 112. Amazing. One hundred two. It does. Also, our special guest in the studio today, Pastor Henry Duran, also of Calvary Chapel in Pasadena. Hello, everyone. It's good to be on the radio show today. Amen. Thank you for taking time, Henry. Today, we're going to spend some time talking about the Old Testament person of Adam, actually the very earliest of all of our ancestors and the beginning of the human race. And Adam is a very important person, isn't he, Pastor X? He is it. He's the only one that God created. That's right. Amen. At the beginning. That's right. Um, Pastor Xavier, there are a great many people in the academic community that, some of them even professing Christians, that claim that the person of Adam, as we have him in the book of Genesis, we see him there in the beginning, is really nothing more than a metaphor or an illustration of the beginning of human history. As believers, how do we respond to that? Well, that's a major um, controversy always by the liberal. As there are liberals in the world, there are liberals in the church. And uh, the Bible is very clear when it is literal, when it is figurative, um, when metaphors are being used, similes or whatever uh, manner of, of uh, um, writing is used. But um, when people take the literal and make it spiritual figuratively and they... Um, they they interpret it subjectively, then they can give any meaning they want to it. Um, when when someone says uh, I have a blue car, it, it's a literal car and it's blue. Uh, when a person says my car is fast as lightning, no one thinks that car is lightning. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, it's a metaphor right. that's being used to address. Uh, it's literally a simile, ass lightning. It's it, it's it's just really fast. That's the whole point of it. It's an illustration. It's an illustration. Yeah. That's all it is. And that's such an important point because regularly, Pastor Henry, as you, you talk to people about the Bible, mm-hmm. you'll get the response from, from people who are unfamiliar with it. They'll say things like, well, you can make the Bible say anything you want to make it say. Sure, sure. That happens. And I'm sure you've often. heard that. Yeah, especially yeah. more nowadays. And the idea there is that what they're doing is they're just not understanding the simple straightforward way that the Bible needs to be interpreted by those who read it. Yeah, and, and, and that goes on all the time. They make the Bible say whatever they want it to say. Uh, and, and there's always, again, that liberal aspect that wants to come in uh, stealth, un, uh, undetected, right. into the camp of Christianity, whether it be in the church, whether it be in seminaries or in uh, quote-unquote Christian colleges. And, and that little leaven leavens the whole lump. There are many institutions that are in trouble because of the of the infiltration that took them over. Harvard, Princeton, all those universities yeah. were Christian based, yeah. mission oriented bases. Now they are totally atheistic, in fact very antagonistic to the Christian cause. And like so many people in this liberal mindset, they really believe that they're doing us a favor 
because our problem is that we're just not educated enough right. to understand the reality of the situation. But Pastor X, there's something deeper going on. When they take, for instance, we're talking about today the person of Adam. When they take a literal, specific piece of, of history and they make it into a metaphor, they're totally undermining the scripture. Right. They know what they're doing. They, they, they in effect, are, are saying, we reject the revelation of God. Right. This is not God's truth. We reject, even if it is God's truth, we reject it because we do not believe that God created us. We believe that we evolved through trillions of years to the most simple cell, which is really very complex in itself. Yeah, yeah. We, they believe that we're just an accident. Right. And they feel a lot more comfortable with that. How much of that do you think, X, um, is not studying the Word of God? It's just... People just coming up with their own, okay, I read this and this is what I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when you when you look at the scriptures and you study it, you see that Adam was a living being. Sure. But again, everything is progressive. We're, we're down the road at, at, at the culmination of progressive uh, education mm-hmm. uh, of, of all this pragmatism and everything. To where there was a time in the early 19th century, even though it already began... But but the foundation of this nation was God-centered, Bible-centered. So even those who were wanting to be academic, they, they were very able to distinguish between that which is academic that is not um, rejecting divine authority. And they saw the, the ability of them to stand side by side. Once the scopes trials and the evolutionary hypothesis of uniformitarianism, then everything was against divine revelation. Yeah. So it became an enemy. Education became an enemy of Christianity. And it still is today. Amen. Pastor X, there was something you said last week. We went into uh, some specific issues of the revelation of God and, and how it works. Um, we talked about general revelation and how God speaks to us through nature and even through uh, life experience. Right. And then beyond that, you went into special revelation. Right. And that's a very different thing. Right. That's the supernatural revelation of God to the individual. And that's really what brings about salvation. And you see, the problem with these academics is that they don't have special re- revelation. They sure. are looking sure. at human intellect mm. as the highest appeal. Right. When it's not. Right. And we're not, we're not, if you're out there listening, we're not in any way, shape, or form indicating or saying that we are an elite group of, and we've been initiated into those religious rites that weren't all the old religious systems of the past. We're saying that we are part of God's creation who has fallen, who has been open to God's revelation to reach mankind by sending the Son, Jesus Christ, being the sacrifice for our sins to redeem us back to himself. That's what we believe. When we are saved and when we're able to believe the word of God, it isn't because we're so smart. It isn't because we're so educated. It's because we have seen by God's grace, as he's given us the ability to understand that gospel and then make a decision whether I receive that conviction as positive so I can ask him to forgive me or whether I insult, I'm insulted and say, no, I don't need to repent. I have no sin. That is a choice that every person must make. And God gives every person that choice before they die. Amen. 
Amen. And that's what the scripture leads us to. And, and the reality is that we see the life of this very first man, Adam, as being real and historical and factual because of the witness of the scripture, what the Bible says. And we have witnesses to Adam being regarded as a real person all the way through the Old Testament, all the way through the New Testament. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15.45, Paul writes, And so it is written that the first man, Adam, became a living being. And that's exactly what it means, right? Right. It doesn't get clearer than that. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? A living being, it speaks of a physical life. That's right. Existence. Right. You know, we just um, started Chronicles um, a few months back. And um, the first nine chapters of Chronicles is the, the greatest genealogical uh, record um, in the Bible and human history. There's nothing that compares to it. Mm-hmm. And this is the um, Jewish people who had come out of captivity, post-captivity of 70 years of Babylon. And they now are going back into the land. And they take they took those records that were in the temple in Jerusalem prior to the destruction by Nebuchadnezzar that were taken to Babylon 70 years afterwards, post-captivity. They take these very records and they use them as the introduction to the book of Chronicles. Amen. And they are going from Adam to post-captivity time, 3,500 years. And they're saying, these record, these name, these men were literal men. The genealogy of Matthew for Jesus Christ and Luke ties Jesus to the first Adam. Amen. Once an ascension, the other one's a dissension. Luke ends up with the Son of God. Who? Adam, the Son of God. Who did God send to redeem the world? His Son, the Son of God. Amen. And you know, it's so easy for us to take that, the Scripture, lightly. And I mean, this genealogy, Pastor Xavier, this is such a miracle. Yes. That unbroken, continuous lineage laid down specifically for people. I mean, it is such an amazing thing that it actually exists for these people to have it. And, and it affirms and confirms what God says about his word. Amen. That, uh, first of all, God can't lie. So therefore, anything he allows to be recorded is accurate. Amen. Now, we have to distinguish between what is accurately a truth of God's revelation of truth and good and holiness and morality from that which is recorded that is an accurate statement made by another person that is not biblical truth. Right. Okay? Satan said that he would defeat God. Now, that's not a biblical truth, but it's an accurate quote of what he said. Yes, yes. So we have to make that distinction. Okay? And again, it affirms through the Old Testament as well as the New that all scriptures given by inspiration of God, prophets for doctrine, correction, instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Second Timothy three sixteen seventeen. Amen. Then in Second Peter three nineteen through twenty one, he says that the men of old that were not that when they spoke, they didn't speak of their own impulse or origin. The word tra- interpretation is absolutely a bad translation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't of their impulse or, inter- or, or, or or their own being, but as they were carried along by the Spirit of God, they mm-hmm. spoke under inspiration. Meaning that the information didn't come from them. right. So it's revelation in Peter and Timothy, or right there, Paul to Timothy affirms what the Old Testament says. This is God's revelation. Amen. It is not opinion. And so it is infallible. It can be trusted. It is accurate all the way. Amen. And that's, that is really, Henry, that's for us 
That's the beginning point. Yeah. That's where we start. Because without the scripture, when somebody says, well, you know what? I'm, I'm born again. I believe in God. I just don't believe in the Bible. How do you respond to that? Oh, I say, well, you can't be a, a believer without believing in the Bible. Just Absolutely. it goes back to what Xavier mentioned in the beginning. We got saved. The, the Bible came alive. The Holy Spirit yeah, yeah. speaks to our hearts. I mean, my gosh. It's, That's the thing. It's, it's the revelation of God in I, the Scripture. I remember yeah. when I used to try and read the Bible before I got saved. There's no, I read it, but I didn't know what the heck I was reading. Yeah. I, I, I read the book of Revelation before I got saved. And I oh, remember uh. getting saved. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember getting trippy. saved and it was a whole different world. Yeah. You know, yeah, when yeah, you go into yeah. the word. Uh, real quick, I mean, look at the, the, the Hebrew word for Adam. Man. Man. Or mankind. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. See, and, and I, you know, in thinking about that, I was thinking about that word, you know, I think, well, was that his name? But I suppose there was nobody else around, so it, it right. might as well. That, right. Yeah. Right. And, and he is the federal head. Yes. He is the first of creation. He is what his okay? name says. Uh, people say, well, do you believe in UFOs that there's other uh, people on other planets? No, because God didn't reveal that to us. Amen. Okay. And so I'm not going to speak from the absence of Scripture. He says he was the first man. And he is the federal head for the rest of humanity. So when he fell, he attributed that fall to every human being after his likeness. Now fallen, everybody's a sinner. So we sinned in Adam, Romans 5.12 tells us. Very important. You may not think it's fair, it's just, it doesn't matter. You you, you got married with your wife and then you had a baby and how dare you produce a little sinner. You're at fault for your son being a sinner because you're a sinner. Okay, you're the federal head for your son. That's just the way it is. And God in his grace has sent his son to redeem us. The last Adam. Adam is the first Adam, 1 Corinthians 15.45. Jesus is the last Adam. Now, you can say that Adam is the first man and Jesus is the second man, but you can never say the second Adam. He's the first and Jesus is the last. There's no other Adam. He, The first Adam failed by disobedience. The last Adam did not fail through obedience. Both are representative of the human race. Either you are in the first Adam, lost and fallen, blind, dead and trespassed and sins, or you are in the last Adam, forgiven, redeemed, a child of God by the grace of God. Really interesting to think about the situation into which God created Adam. Uh, he created this man. Are we correct in thinking that God created him perfect? No. I mean, from all we know is prior to the fall, he, started off he was okay. So in other words, the only way we can understand is that he wasn't sinning before he fell. Mm-hmm. But he had to have the potential by the exercise of his free will. And we understand that is free will. So right. if Adam would not have chosen to eat of the tree of good and evil, then he wouldn't have fallen. Right. We he would we would all live eternally with God. There'd be no sin nature, nothing else. But he made a decision of his own will in disobedience to the warning, and therefore the consequences came. Sin. And whatever there's sin, listen carefully out there, the result of sin is death. So wherever you have people dying, it's the result of sin. Amen. And that sin leads us back to Adam. Every every single time. I try and share that sometimes with people who have loved ones that are passing away and they don't understand it and they don't, you know, 
especially non-believers, and sure. they're trying to, well, why would God allow that? You yeah. know, and I take them to that, that, you know, we're in a fallen world. We're sure. We're in a sin world. Yeah. And, you know, but yeah. God wants your heart. Yeah. And we can explain all that to non-believers, but they're not going to understand it because mm-hmm. of that. Sure. And we understand that. So, but we still need to explain them from the biblical perspective yeah, yeah. and, and share with them that until they come to the Lord Jesus Christ and they see their lostness, then God will give them the ability to understand through the new birth. It's, you yeah. don't understand prior to the new birth. You understand due to the new birth. Yeah. Very important. Amen. That's the key. I- interesting. Adam was uh, before the fall. You know, he was not fallen, but he wasn't complete either, was he, Henry? No, he wasn't. Um... I mean, it's not the very first mention we have of anything being not good. In the scripture. Yeah. Throughout creation, God had said it is good. It is good. And that was good. But uh, every part of the universe was satisfied, was finished. Every star, planet. But, but then. It's not good that man should, should be, be alone. alone. And Amen. there was that one unfinished part of creation. And it, uh, it says it. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Can I ask a question about this? Is it safe to say that. In, in humans that there is a part of us that not even God can fulfill and that's the companionship of another human because sure male and female I mean? he made a male and female by by compulsion by by demand you have to have those two if you're going to keep the world going anyway right you can't have more babies more human beings without a male and female right and so God all along understood that that was a component of one in marriage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Apart from marriage, you are individuals. When you come together in marriage, you are one in every way. And as you become one sexually, then there comes the propagation of a son or a daughter. And in that completeness is the companionship. God made man to be in fellowship with God first and then with others. Sure. So he made us for community. And that comes through marriage. So companionship, community, Mm -hmm. cohabitation. Sure. All of that is part of it. That's the completion of God's creation. When God gave those details in chapter 2 of Genesis, like the Eastern book that it is, it gives us the creation of the six days and the seventh rested in chapter 1 of Genesis. Then in chapter 2, he gives us the detail of Adam and he puts it back in. Amen. So it's not a contradiction. It's not a second creation. It's the details that has to be put back in to the day then when Adam was created. And that's important. That's an Eastern book. It's right. way it up. It's not strictly chronological or right. linear. Right. But, but you know, it, it, there's an exception to that too. There are people who, uh, Jonathan, mm-hmm. are not, God has called them to be sure. single. Right. And so for those particular individuals. That would so, be the exception, right? Yeah, but very exception. Yeah. The, the other thing is, is as you look, there are people in our culture who cut themselves off from connection with other people completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that cripples them on the inside. Sure. It's interesting how God created yeah. us to be part of a community. You know, Paul says sure. that in 1 Corinthians 7. It says he speaks about there about marriage and that the people are not to deny one each other sexually except by permission, time to give to the Lord. In other words, the denying yourself the secular union with your wife or your husband doesn't make you more spiritual. In fact, it's going to push you to be carnal, mm-hmm. if anything else. And so he says, do it by permission, not for a long time. Don't try to set a world record. Right. Okay? And you don't have to worry about telling your wife or your husband because you're one with them. You're not going to lose any reward from it. This way they understand each other and you're both working together to seek the Lord. Amen. And then he speaks about the um, the single. 
and, and the one that has no need to be married, okay? And so this decision is made by the individual. <coughs> this is, let's just make the clear example of someone who has the gift of celibacy. Right. That means that man or that woman can be around the opposite sex and they're not tempted, they're not lusting, they're not being tripping up or anything. They do not have the need of being married. Though they are male in gender or female in gender, they do not have that need. And that's the gift of God. Now, others make a decision by devotion, by dedication or whatever. Maybe the situation of life compels them to go that way. Amen. That's their choice too. But there are some that God gives the gift of celibacy. But the majority, the rule is you are going to be married. Yeah, I think for the... the, the yeah, like for the majority of us, I know for me, I was thinking about this question and, and I'm going, I remember when I was in high school, I wanted to be married. Yeah. I had, I felt this void in me, this, you know, it was fun hanging out with the guys, but sure. at the end of the night, I didn't want to be alone. Yeah. No. And I remember, and, and when I got married, I felt that completeness, that, that void was filled. And even when my wife and I have disagreements and we go our own way for a while, it's I don't like that feeling. There's sure. that, that no. void again in a sense until we come back together. And I believe yeah. I believe God put it in us, you know? Amen. Sure. Amen. You know? And it you look at what a powerful influence that relationship is in the process of refining you as a person. It's huge. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And God just uses it. In a and and way. society will respond that naturally because it's inborn by yeah, God. We're, yeah. we're creating the image and likeness of God. But the way the world has gone in progressive evil, yeah, and it's destroyed the nucleus of society, the home, the family. So now the world gives people many different options. The um, average age of marriage now is thirty thirty one. Mm -hmm. It keeps climbing higher. Yeah. Okay. And so people are putting off marriage longer. That means they're out there in the world longer. That means they have more bad experiences. So when they do enter marriage, they're so tainted, they're so corrupted, they're so twisted that they couldn't enjoy a natural relationship if they wanted to. Yeah. You need to be born again. You need for God to forgive you and cleanse you to enter that with the mind and heart of God to see his potential to fulfill the ideal of the scriptures in you. Never perfect, but absolutely possible. Amen. That's what we want to do. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. Pastor Xavier Reese on the annual Simple Truths Conference. Yeah, we get together and concentrate just on the need that's going on for the day. Whatever people are going through or the thing at large in the culture to just equip the saints and now these messages are available in a flash drive. It's an audio collection drawing from past Simple Truths conferences held at Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Included are well over 50 audio messages covering a variety of conference themes, such as the Second Coming, the Emerging Church Movement, Spiritual Discernment, and so many more taught by Pastor Xavier Reese and many other prominent guest speakers. It's the Simple Truths Conference's USB flash drive, available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Get hours of teachings on relevant topics concerning the church today, compiled on one convenient PC Mac compatible reusable flash drive. That's the Simple Truths Conference's USB flash drive. Look for it in the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. 
Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth. This is the reality. We share Christ because we know people are in darkness and under the power of Satan. You and I used to be there. You could have been wealthy in darkness. You could have been moderate or you could have been in poverty. But everybody apart from Christ is in darkness. We need to understand this. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said. And the rain fell and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Reese says by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Turn now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And we're glad to be back here with you at Keep It Simple. Our special guest in the studio today from the staff of Calvary Chapel in Pasadena, Pastor Henry Duran, is with us. You know, we're so grateful, Pastor Henry, to have all the resources that we do. You know, the couple of spots there playing about uh, the amazing things. I mean, uh, specifically uh, the Basic Foundations series and how important that is. And, you know, one of the things we do is as people come to the church here and there are people come, new people all the time, we ask them to go through that 12-week course, the Basic Foundations, as they step up to get involved in ministry. And it's not a legalism or an abject requirement, but it's just a necessity that all those who are involved in leading the work of ministry are on the same page. Yeah. And we have it in Spanish. If you need, you know, mm-hmm. we have it in mm-hmm. Spanish, we have it in English, we have yeah. the book form. It's, it's also available the on the website too. If you want to hear it that now that's an important point, Jonathan, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it, you so. can, you can buy it, you can get it and have it hard and so that you can lend it as a hard copy, mm-hmm. or you can go on Calvary Chapel, Pasadena.org and look it up yeah. and it's listed with the sermons. Yeah. Uh, Calvary, ChapelPasadena.com, and yes, it is It is listed under sermons, under series, and um, the audio is there as well as the notes. The PDF of, the PDF of Pastor of the Xavier's notes. notes. Yeah. We encourage you to take advantage of it. Yeah. Just real quick, Pastor Xavier and I always just talk about the wealth of, of material that is there for the body of Christ that has throughout the years. and It's he, amazing. Yeah, he just finished, actually. We were just putting it on, on sale, the 12 Apostles series that he just finished, mm-hmm. and the Women of the Bible will be available starting this week yeah. also. So. Amen. Great stuff. Amen. Yeah. We encourage you to uh, do a little exploring on the website, and uh, the Lord will bless you. As we're talking today about the person of Adam, the very first of our lineage going way back to the beginning of the book of Genesis and God's creation, I was thinking and it occurred to me the greatest benefit I've I've ever received in my life is from spending time with the Lord. And I would think that's probably true of all people. 
at least by my estimation. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, because the book of Genesis is an Eastern book, it's not a Western book, it's not written strictly in a, a chronological linear way, we really don't know how much time Adam spent with God prior to his marriage to his wife or how much time Adam and Eve spent with God. But we know that they fellowshiped with God daily, as far as we can tell, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And, and I, you can't imagine the amazing way that God worked in their life. There's another point is where, you know, the prominent issue in the life of Adam is the fall. That's the deal. And even though we don't have an account of God expressing to Adam's wife, Eve, concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it really implies a chain of command, doesn't it, Pastor Henry? Because God spoke to Adam directly and told him of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, we know that Eve got the message Mm -hmm. because in in chapter 3, as she talks to the serpent, she explains, you know, we're not supposed to eat this. We we shouldn't even touch it, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but because... As far as we know from the scripture, she got that information from Adam. There is an implied chain of command in that situation. Would you agree? Yeah, 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 there was. And, uh, you know, we know the studying about uh, Eve. Where was Adam? You know, and the whole thing as the head of his his wife. And, you know, that covering that I believe a wife needs from her husband, you know, not that he has to lord it over her or be this, uh, stifle her, but, but you still have that, that, that need for the wife to be able to, to look to her husband, you know, and I think that's very important. It's amazing because, you know, so many of the things we read in the book of Genesis have implications for the lives of people through the ages. And this relationship between men and women and the way it works and the mm-hmm. the protection. You know, one of the things that we're looking at in our current world today is the fact that women are suffering terrible consequences. Why? Because they're not being protected yeah. the way that God intended that women should be protected. Yeah. We see every day, a day doesn't go by that you don't see in the news somewhere, some woman or group of women being victimized in a situation First of all, because our culture as a whole really doesn't see the necessity to protect women. And then secondly, because individual men don't take that responsibility as the scripture encourages them to do. Yeah, and sometimes I think, you know, you know, with women's independence and the whole movement you see nowadays, I, I sometimes I see these girls, for instance, that are, they think, well, I can go jogging in the middle of the night. I can do whatever I want. I'm going, really? And something happens. And you're, and I'm, I'm thinking, why, you know, do you think you can just, it's not going to happen to you and stuff like that. Right. And it goes back to that covering and that, that protection. The world we live in is a very dangerous place. And I think especially for women because they are vulnerable and they need to be protected. And so, you know, as men who follow the truth of the Lord, you know, I know that you do. I know you, you, you make it your responsibility. Even if you go somewhere and you don't know these particular ladies, you would be mm-hmm. available at, to protect. You want to mm-hmm. encourage people. Mm-hmm. Some people, unfortunately, take offense at that. You know, mm-hmm. there are women who would be offended by your desire to see them protected. But, mm-hmm. you know, that is God's plan and his purpose. You know, in, as we're looking also at uh, the first mention of important things, you know, uh, all through the book of Genesis, we see the life of Adam as blazing a trail for us and and the fall is a great example and when 
the the sin of Adam and the sin of Eve are very different from one another. You know, Eve was deceived, the scripture tells us. And so she sinned, she sinned. But Adam actually understood what he was doing was wrong before he did it. And he really transgressed. Getting back real quick to what you were talking about, about that fellowship with the Lord before the fall. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think about a person who was born again and not want, you know, you have free will and right. you don't want to forfeit or mess up that, that, that relationship with the Lord. And it's just so important to stay connected and right and, and, and asking for forgiveness daily so that you don't ruin that closeness with the Lord. And, and, you know, we have the fall, we have sin nature, but it's so important you know, as I was thinking about Adam's relationship with the Lord for us to be able to stay in that close fellowship with the Lord. And, and uh, I, I always think about the, the scriptures that say that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Amen. you know, and, 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 and I don't want to hurt that that lives inside of me. I want to stay right. I don't want to tarnish that precious Holy well, Spirit. Well, certainly in your best interest. Yeah. You know, yeah. the scripture in, uh, there's a scripture in Micah chapter two, verse seven, that's, the Lord says, does not my word do good for him who walks uprightly? Mm. And, you know, that's the bottom line. But this whole issue of free will is so important because God planted that into Adam, first of all, because without that ability to choose to do what's wrong, his obedience has no real substantial value. Mm-hmm. God did the same thing with the angels. Mm-hmm. Angels also have free will because uh, we know from the fact that a third of the angels actually sinned and fell away and followed Satan. So free will is a necessity, but it, it really, the thing it does is it gives our obedience an amazing meaning mm-hmm. and importance. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, from the Genesis account, we know about Adam, that God created him, placed him in the garden. God actually gave him responsibilities. He wasn't on vacation, was he, Henry? No, no, no. He had to work. <laughs> and he enjoyed it. <laughs> well, you know, it was what he was made for. Yeah. It's what he was made for. He that didn't toil by the sweat of his brow, right? No, not before the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine he really had a great time every day going out mm-hmm. and taking care of the garden and doing things that need to be dead. And, and the thing is, you know, as you talk to people today, what do they want to do with their lives? They want to do the thing that they were made to do. And they have this idea about that. And some of them are kind of confused, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is when you find your way into doing the thing that God made you to do, it's fruitful. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a satisfaction oh, that comes man. along with it. I, it really I, is. Yeah. I just wonder if there were no leg cramps back there before the fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably hydrated regularly <laughs> and ate bananas. So there's plenty of potassium. Not a problem. Um it's interesting that as we go through the scripture and one of the issues that we deal with regularly is the way that we approach women being involved in ministry. And according to what the scripture teaches us in first uh, Timothy chapter two, we don't allow for women to teach or hold authority over men. And we believe that that's a biblical principle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it, it's very significant when you look at that woman was taken out of man. Right. I think the huge significance is through that act, God established the institution of marriage between a man and a woman, a right. husband and a wife. Yeah. It wasn't two husbands. It wasn't two wives. It establishes that God is the one who ordained marriage and the family as a foundation for society at creation. Amen. It wasn't some late development in civilization. 
Yeah. It wasn't by human convention. Right. And people have this idea, for instance, that marriage was invented by people. Yeah. We did a, 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 a marriage seminar once, and we went out on the streets of, of Old Town Pasadena. and About 20 years ago. Yeah, and asked couples, what, where did marriage originate from? Mm-hmm. And the answers we got were wild. Somebody, <laughs> well, I think it was the American Indians, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and people don't realize Some it. people even said the 1950s, the 50s, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. And this was 20 years ago, late it, 90s. It's always fascinating to listen to those or watch. I know there's some really good ones uh, on, on YouTube. Uh, Ray Comfort actually does yeah, the thing where he yeah. goes out and talks oh, to yes, people. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, those uh, are always interesting. It, it's the amazing, the thing that's amazing about them is what people believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The unbelievable yeah. things that people actually think. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and saying this is that it's not, it's not just a lifestyle option as some would you know, want to define it today. Right. We're going to get married because we can get a tax break. That, yeah, that's a good example. Uh, it, it's not by chance that marriage in the family is the center of, of human civilization. It was designed with a purpose, and the purpose is right. to bring fulfillment, companionship, completion to the man and the woman through marriage. And God did make man first. There is and then the woman. In, in, the, in the marriage that takes place there in Genesis, where actually, kind of amazingly, Adam conducts his own wedding service. Mm. He does. You know, mm. this is bone of my bone and flesh yeah, of my flesh. Yeah. She shall be called... Uh, yeah, she's Isha, yeah. And in yeah. Hebrew, you know, and uh, one of the interesting things about the scripture is, as you look at all the languages of the world, the many languages of the world, how many thousands of the languages of our world, the word for woman is a derivative, a direct derivative to the word for man mm-hmm. in the same way that it is in Hebrew and in, in English, actually, mm-hmm. also. What's crazy, too, is that if you go to any civilization anywhere, they know about marriage. Yes. You know, Amen. The most primitive person. That's right. That's you right. Know, that blows my mind. It does. It totally does. And about the, the, the marriage of Adam, before the fall, before anybody had sinned, the whole process that God goes through with Adam, how uh, Adam recognizes that there was not a helper found mm-hmm. for him in mm-hmm. the garden. And God used anesthesia. A deep sleep yeah. fell upon Adam. Yeah. And we know from the scripture, throughout the scripture, sleep is a euphemism of death, mm. isn't it? Mm. Into the New, New Testament, mm. uh, in 1st Thessalonians, where Paul talks that people who have lost loved ones shouldn't uh, sorrow for those who have fallen asleep mm. as one who uh, sorrows without hope. Mm-hmm. But the idea there is these are people who've died. And so in, in this situation, in, in Genesis chapter 2, um, a deep sleep falls upon Adam, and then from his side, interestingly, the place where Christ is, uh, mm-hmm. is his death is yeah. revealed. Yeah. The place where the, sin, the Roman soldier pierces him with the spear from his side. God t- and the Hebrew word really doesn't mean a rib, literally a bone, yeah. but it's, it's the curved side. He takes mm-hmm. a bone and flesh. And God, through what we would probably understand as genetic engineering, yeah. creates a woman. Interesting. And, of course, which is Adam's bride. Yeah. And the bride is the church. Adam <laughs> is Adam mm-hmm. is the image of Christ. Adam is the, the foreshadowing of the person of Christ mm-hmm. who, what does he do? He dies. And from his death comes forth the church. Interesting. 
this is correct me if I'm wrong here. But this is <laughs> this is God foreshadowing yeah. the church yeah. before anybody has sinned. Mm-hmm. You see, God knew what He wow. was going to do. What an amazing thing yeah, it is! This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. From all the, of that, Ephesians chapter five, yeah, right? All of that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, you know, one of these days, I'd love to do a whole thing on the picture of the bride of Christ and how that ties into the church because. I think it's fascinating. It's all inexhaustible. This, all, this, all this that you just yeah. mentioned right yeah. now. But going back to, uh, you know, she being, Adam being created first and, you know, God gave her the woman and he created him first. And it's not a, a matter of being superior, but of responsibility. Yes. It points to the responsibility of a husband to take the lead in his home and the woman's responsibility of aligning herself under a loving leader. Amen. And this is God's principle for order within a marriage. A husband is to lead with the love of God and the wife is to align herself under that leadership. And it's so important. It's, it's never by constraint. It's always by, uh, by free will, by mm-hmm. agreement mm-hmm. that we enter into this, this relationship and that it, that's, that's why it works. Yeah. It's because it's by consent. Yeah. And never by constraint. Going back also to uh, what you were saying about being put to sleep. When I've counseled couples that want to get married and they're, they're single and I, and I don't know, you know, it's just me, but I'll say, you know what? Ask the Lord to put you to a sleep to those desires. When, when somebody goes, I want a wife, I want a wife. So ask the Lord to put you to sleep and you one day you're going to wake up and that bride will be there. <laughs> you know, I've used, you know, I just, it's just me, but I've used that and I love, you know, that's oh. pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard, through numerous sources through the years, Pastor Henry, uh, people have this idea that Adam's sin amounts to his surrendering the title deed to the earth to Satan. Do you think that's really what the scripture intends us to believe? Um, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. Um, we have the, the whole idea that um, the scroll in the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. is actually the title deed to the earth. And the thing is, is there's no legitimate scriptural evidence to support that idea. Actually, God never gave the earth to Adam. Adam had dominion. Exactly. He had exactly. responsibility over the earth. But he never, the, the, the earth never belonged to Adam. And there's a lot of people throughout the years who have taught that. Yes. You know, the, the respectable people that we all respect that have right. taught that. But I agree with you. And uh, Adam could only use the authority that was given to him by God. Right. God allocated to Adam the responsibility of having dominion over the earth and the things of the earth. But scripture is pretty clear that the dominion over the earth belongs to the Lord. Right. Yeah. Uh, the earth is the Lord in all its fullness. Over and over again, uh-huh. all through Scripture. First Chronicles, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Amen. Yours is the kingdom. Jesus holds the keys to, to death and life. And so important for us to have that perspective as we go forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, this, Pastor Henry, you were saying you've heard reputable people mm-hmm. teach this perspective, mm-hmm. you know, that the earth belongs to Satan now. And certainly the the kingdoms of this world are dramatically influenced by the prince of the power of the air. And these things are true and unassailable. We believe that. But that's not to say that the earth belongs to him in any way. And it really speaks to the importance of us of listening critically mindedly 
to the things that we hear to Bible studies and mm-hmm. teaching. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like the the uh, Bereans did yeah. in Acts chapter seventeen yeah. to uh, search the scriptures daily to see if the things you're being told are true, mm-hmm. because uh, no no man is unassailable. Mm-hmm. Men men make mistakes, yeah. and so when we hear people mm-hmm. preach and teach the Bible, we want to be careful. And people grow. Yes. Even at Pastor Xavier's, I used to believe this at this point, but then as Isn't I that, grew in the Lord, and he'll tell the body of Christ that. That's so refreshing yeah. to hear, too, how his perspective on different things yeah. have changed from time to time. It's really awesome. Yeah. And it just shows you that there is a growth, there is an understanding and a learning. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition you know, to these, these implications upon our lives, because obviously Adam's fall has had a tremendous implication upon our lives. We're all sinners, you know. As we've entered into a relationship with God, God has affected us in a powerful way. And one of the real crucial issues to that is the fact that, I mean, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says that we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Mm-hmm. And the people in the Old Testament did not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them in that same way. And I know that this situation has affected us and changed that our, the way that our relationship with God works. Should should we hold Adam responsible for uh, the failure of making us all separated from God? Or would we do the same thing in his situation? Probably would have. I would think know? so. I mean, anyone who thinks they wouldn't are probably deceiving themselves. Mm-hmm. But the real miracle, you know, the Lord has provided a way for us to come into a legitimate relationship with him. And, and again, his spirit inside of us is a part of that, that we are forgiven uh, and, and, you know, if you're listening to the broadcast today, we want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that you would take time. And the Lord has spoken to you. He's revealed himself to you through the word of God, that you'd humble yourself and ask God to forgive you for your sins. And the Bible tells us that he will do that, that he will forgive you, that he will uh, fill you with his Holy Spirit as, mm. as you ask. And the Lord will give you a new life and he will do amazing things. He will actually bring you to the place of receiving the fulfillment and allowing you to do the thing that you were made to do in your life, which is a is a total miracle. When you look at the whole thing based you know, on Adam and the fall and everything, bottom line is God wants us to be dependent upon him for everything. You know, especially when it comes to knowing what is good and what is evil. You know, he wants to give us that wisdom that is there through him for our marriage and our family. And the scriptures are the key to all that. Yeah. Really is. Yeah. I mean, when we conduct our lives and our marriages independent of God's leading and intervention, we mess up things quickly. Just like we thought, okay, would, that, would we have done the same thing? Yeah. You know, and we do that quick. But when we make decisions regarding good and evil based on God's leading, on his word, we're going to stay out of trouble a lot more. Amen. You know, and Amen. it's going to help us. Uh, and the mentality of man today is they don't want to seek God. They don't yeah. want to acknowledge him as God. No. But for the Christian, we have to be in the constant habit of always being dependent upon him. Don't you think people want to avoid relationship with God because they don't want to be accountable for the things they do? Yeah. I mean, I think oh, that yeah. everything all the way back to this argument over creation and evolution, and it all goes back to people being accountable to God mm-hmm. for their life. If you are created by God, you are going to answer to him mm-hmm. for your life, for the decisions that you make. Yeah. Excuses are easy to do these days. If oh, people yeah. do them. You see it in 
in government, you see it, you know, there's always these excuses for everything, <laughs> you know, but to deal with truth and reality in our own selves, that's... And, and responsibility. And take that's take accountability. Word. That's the word. You know, yeah, it's, again, yeah. like Pastor Xavier saying, well, I used to teach this differently. Yeah. He's being accountable to yeah. the people who listen to him, yeah. you know, and, and we need to be accountable yeah. to the Lord. You know, as we're we're talking about Adam, because obviously we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of... Five to six thousand years from Adam to today, and things have changed. But for most of that time, the people of the world were all they had was the teaching of the Old Testament. How how was it that people in the Old Testament period are going to be able to approach God for salvation before the coming of the person of Christ? I know that uh, the Bible tells us in in uh, Hebrews chapter ten verse four that it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could actually provide uh, satisfaction for those sins. And we believe that the law of Moses actually gave people a framework to approach God. But there was something more that they had to be looking forward to. And, and I think more than anything else, it had to be the promise of the coming of the Messiah. They had to be looking forward to the coming of Jesus. And that's their hope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. There was a relationship. Absolutely. You know, there was there was something there. It means that they they uh, uh, tra- traversed with God. They walked with Him. They went yes. through life with Him. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, Enoch really walked with God. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so much so that God took him off he the planet. Right into eternity. That's right. Uh-huh. Him and Elijah didn't actually <laughs> yeah. die. You know, as we're talking about uh, the person of Adam, Pastor Henry, today, uh, there's some really interesting things going on in modern technology, uh, genetics specifically, Mm. that are fascinating because they are pointing us, again, to the truth of what the Scripture teaches. Uh, Pastor Xavier is always saying that real science, true science, will point you back to the truth of the Scripture. And there have been some studies in the last few years uh, in genetics specifically that make it possible for uh, genetic scientists to trace the lineage of individuals back, specifically person to person, all the way back. And we found, according to these guys, and it's the study of actually mitochondrial Eve and uh, there's a, a lot of details, but if you if you do a Google search, you go on your computer and look up mitochondrial Eve, you'll actually find the studies there from uh, hugely influential and prestigious universities in the United States and overseas, uh, the University of New York, the University of Basel in Switzerland, that speak specifically that every human being that is alive on the earth today has a single common ancestor. Now, their estimation is that this ancestor is somewhere less, just less than 200,000 years ago. Of course, we know yeah. Yeah. that that's not exactly accurate. But they're taking genetics, right? And they're right. tracing it all the way to back. To a single To a single, a single ancestor. Very interesting. Now, they also they, they make all kinds of other interesting statements. They say, well, there were probably other people alive at different times on the earth that came from other ancestors. And they don't know this. Do they mention Eve by name? Well, the, actually, the person they've designated her... Mitochondrial Eve. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they call yeah. her that, but okay, yeah. they're not. They're of course 
wanting to stay as far away from the idea that this is the actual biblical Eve right. as they possibly can. <laughs> sure. For the same reason. They don't want to be accountable to what the scripture says. But the reality is, yeah. Yeah. the reality yeah. speaks so Interesting. powerfully. Interesting. You know, it's right there. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That, and they, to them to use that name. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Just by coincidence. Yeah, come on. They could have used... Uh, you know, Nora Jones, <laughs> whoever. You know. God is so good. You know, as we, the world is a mess. And I mean, we don't make any bones about that. Uh, people are pretty obviously not capable of um, providing the leadership that the world needs. And so we see the chaos and, and a lot of people, a lot of innocent people suffer as a result of that. But the reality is, is that God is at work in this world in a powerful way. And he is in these last days, as people become, uh, their lives are terrorized. They become uh, recognizing their own need for help and for salvation. They cry out to the Lord. Um, And so we're so grateful that the word of God is going out around the world in such a powerful way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, Jonathan, this uh, media that we're working using today, Mm -hmm. you know, the Internet radio, this is a great indicator. Yeah. of the miracle that God has done in the last day, allowing yeah. us. You know, it's the, so true. In the book of uh, Daniel chapter 12, he says, in the last days, uh, people will run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. Yeah. And yeah. You know, we're kind of a, an amazing evidence of that. And I would imagine maybe 50 years ago or so, it might have been hard to imagine how that would come into play, perhaps. I don't know. I wasn't alive. But I would imagine people would probably wonder, well, how's that going to happen? Well, I mean, but 50 I, years ago... You yeah. know, we had television and radio, right? Which did the same thing in similar ways. Sure. Interesting. Uh, there was sure. a, a fellow involved with uh, um, uh, Radio Free Europe, who did uh, Christian radio broadcasts mm-hmm. into the Soviet Union from the Philippines mm-hmm. back in uh, the early 1960s. Before, actually, even later in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, interesting, never got any response. They would broadcast the gospel. Every day, every day of the week, seven days a week, they'd be broadcasting gospel radio programs into Soviet Russia and never heard a word. And then uh, actually after the fall of the Iron Curtain in the early 90s, he had opportunity to travel in Russia. Mm. And he was meeting different people who were believers and uh, had the opportunity to meet a pastor who had been imprisoned for his faith. And he shared the story without knowing the connection. He oh, shared wow. the story how he had bribed a prison guard. He was actually he wasn't in a prison. He was in a mental institution in okay. Soviet Russia because they were trying with chemical yeah. inducement to try and change, you know, their connection to Jesus. Sure. And he had bribed a prison guard to get pieces of a transistor radio. And he and the other believers in his oh, cell block wow. would go out to the end of the hall in sub-zero weather with only a blanket and wow. would listen on this transistor radio wow. and hear the radio broadcast wow. coming in from Radio wow. Free Europe. Yeah, and, crazy. you know, what a confirmation of the work that we do because yeah. your life is an example to others. Today, as we're talking about the life of Adam, his life has been a tremendous example to us. Mm-hmm. You know, he sinned. He sinned against the Lord. He transgressed the commandment of God. He knew what he was doing. And what did God do in response? Mm-hmm. God brought the fall to draw people to himself, but God slayed an animal. Yeah. And the blood of that animal covered Adam and his wife. Yes. That there would be a, a covering for his sin. 
looking forward yes. to the eventual propitiation. Yes. That sacrifice of Christ. From the sins. very beginning, he sins. had a plan in mind. Yeah. He did. Wow. wow. And in your situation today, wherever you are, whatever the challenges that you're facing, we want to encourage you. God has a plan for your life. God loves you dearly, more dearly than you could ever imagine. Mm. And as you ask him to help you, to guide you, to lead you into his truth, he will provide the wisdom that you need to go forward. May the Lord bless you all and keep you. Please keep us in prayer. And the Lord hear your your requests. Remember to keep it simple. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.